Hello and welcome to The Movie Brew, a podcast about British film and filmmakers. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Lester Gartland, the How man, do? the myth, the legend. How you doing? How do? How yeah, do? Very good, very good, that's thank it. you. That's a, that's, 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 is that your Welsh? Are you just um, channeling well, your, your Welsh man mind? Well, I just said something that the Welsh man said in the film. Yeah. I could never attempt a Welsh accent. No. It's very difficult. I can't do it. Was that was there's the point in the film where they the the man's like trying to be really like badass when he's like meeting a gay man for the first time. He's like, How do? Yeah. And then yeah. the woman next to him goes like, Calm down, don't do your Barry White impression. He knows you're homo- <laughs> heterosexual. Oh god, it's so great. Yep. Um so if you haven't guessed already by the title of this episode and by that spiel we just did, mm-hmm. we're doing Pride. We're doing Pride. And by that, I don't mean we're dressing up in drag and going on a march. Well, they can't see that. That's true. We might be. For all you know, we could be going doing this podcast in full drag, except for it's like 300 degrees outside, not American Fahrenheit. Yeah, no. I'm just, talking Celsius right here. I'm talking Kelvin. It's it's so real, it's so real hot. hot. <laughs> and I'm wearing shorts, which I rarely do, and I'm sweating and I'm hating every minute of it. Yeah, I've had to put on my my most breathable ball gown yeah, this for this is drag. Like, <laughs> this is, I should mention this is the first time you're doing a podcast like not in a suit, <laughs> like not not like ZZ Top sharp dress man. Yes, well, I had a very Heavy weekend, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hold it against me, Tarek. Awesome. With the strike now entering its fourth month and in the face of unprecedented violence, the government today insisted it will close 20 pits with the loss of over 20,000 jobs. Without that pit, these villages are finished. Mining communities are being bullied just like we are. What they need is cash. Yeah, because the miners have always come to our aid, haven't they? It doesn't matter. It's the right thing to do. So we are going to pick a mining town completely at random for Wales. Die! Your gays have arrived! Coming to everybody. Name me the group you represent in this case. Lesbians and gay support the miners. I'm hoping you can clear something up for me about lesbians. It did surprise me. Let me get settled in first, shall we? A gaggle of gays and lesbians has come out in favour of the miners' strike. We've been backed up by perverts. We've been through some of the same things you've been through. Look, we raised this money because we want to help you, and that's it. Everything will be all right once they start to mix. What the hell do you think you're doing? Get out there and find a gay or a lesbian right now. I don't want to give them the wrong impression. Right, because you're so bloody irresistible. Every day they're up collecting for us. What they're really doing is pushing their own agenda. You shut her mouth or I'm gonna do it. That's enough. It's you lot, is it? The gays? Yes, lesbians and gays support the minors. What's going on? Thank you. Yes. When you're in a battle against an enemy so much bigger, so much stronger than you, and to find out you had a friend you never knew existed, well, that's the best feeling in the world. What I was told about lesbians can't be true, can they? You're all vegetarians. <laughs> you see what we've done here? By pledging our friendship, we've made history. Sorry, this is a man only. Oh, don't be that. We want to see everything, even the repressive. <laughs> Oh, God, that takes me back. 
Dumbass women ever sleep. There you go. Excellent. Basic synopsis. Mm-hmm. It's about the the marches, right? The- it's about the pride marches and their kind of, I suppose, what do you call it? A synergy with the miners' strike. Yeah. And uh, how they help the miners, and in return, uh, the miners help the the gay pride marches. The LGSM. LGSM, yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, lesbian, gay, support, support the, the miners. miners. Yeah. LGSTM. No, the the T is is just for the, and it doesn't I count. I never understood that in anagrams. I literally never understood that. It is weird. Like, you'd think you'd like, have, you know, don't just sneak a word in there yeah, yeah, and yeah. not not represent it in your. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, it's words based on true events. Yeah, which makes it very interesting. Uh, in it takes place from uh, the Pride March of 1984 and goes through a whole year of uh, their struggles and them helping the miners everything, and then ends on the Pride March of 1985. Yeah, which I thought was a very nice way to bookend a film. Actually, very much so. Um, yeah, it's. It's it's won a bunch of awards when yeah. it came out. It's what was it? Two thousand fourteen. It came out. Two thousand fourteen. It came out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it won. Uh, well, it got nominated for a Golden Globe. Ooh, hello. Yeah. Right. Uh, it won. It's weird because in twenty fourteen, I don't remember anyone really like this film was under the radar. It's the much. first I've heard of it. This the yeah. first I've heard of it. Mm. I wish to say shout out to my girlfriend Emily for saying like recommending this recommendation. Movie. Yeah. yeah. She was like, you guys need to do this film. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I feel as a Brightonian and as a supporter, I, I feel a bit, I feel a bit ashamed that I haven't seen this film or heard anything of it as of yet. Well, yeah, I mean, I like think... Like, how many uh, Brighton matches have we gone to or whatever? And, like, hang out with... It's like, it's everywhere in Brighton, but never heard of this film. Yeah, I've, maybe the maybe they just don't have the marketing budget for yeah. it. But, yeah, and I was, it's not one I've heard of. And it's got, like, a, you know, it's got Bill Nye in it. You know, you'd think that'd be enough it's to... It's got some pretty big names. To, pull, to draw some attention. Paddy Constantine from yeah. uh, our favourite Hot Fuzz yeah. earlier on. Yeah. Imelda Strawton. Yeah, she's big name. Umbridge herself. Mm. Um, yeah, got some biggies. Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird that I don't know. I, yeah, I've never. And heard it of got it. nominated for a Golden Globe. That's pretty. Yeah, it got nominated for a Golden Globe. It won a BAFTA. What? Yeah. Okay, now I'm just now I just don't know anything about film. It, uh, <laughs> for outstanding debut by a British writer, director, or producer, for Stephen Beresford and David Livingstone. There you go. Um, and then it, it won a bunch of other awards at the British Independent Film Awards. Uh, Best Supporting Actress, Mother the Staunton. Really good. Yeah, they were good. Uh, Best Supporting Actor, Andrew Scott, and Best British Independent Film. I went to very well. the Biffers. I worked mm. at the Biffers two years prior to that one. Oh, did you? I did. And there were a lot of characters and a lot of stories that I have from that night. Uh, and it was just a really fun night. It so was really, really good. I gave out goodie bags yeah. to all the celebrities Ooh, um, nice. that were there. I organized the goodie bag troupe. I had like a team of goodie bag people. <laughs> and then Face Jacker gave me a beer and got me drunk. Hey. So that was, that was, that was, that was my big tidbit. So that was 2012. That was 2012. So I or 2011, have... I think. It, it was mm. the year the King's Speech came out. Because oh. I remember because all those awards came I out. I remember what year. Well, if it's 2012, then I would guess that the winning for best British independent film would be Avengers Assemble, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah. Actually, that swept up. It was. I think it might have been. It took them all. Took them all. Those <laughs> biffers. I think. I think it was 2011, to be honest. But yeah. Okay. No, yeah. So Avengers uh, Assemble Iron Man just two then got all those VFX awards. <laughs> 
yeah, 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 all of them, all of them, <laughs> all of them, right there. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, but yeah, this bags of pride, yeah, tangents away. Um, this film's real good fun. I don't know much about like any production notes or any production tidbits I can contribute mm. to this because there's not really that much information out there. Yeah, um, it's quite sparse. A lot of the information because this film is so kept so true to life and the events that happened. You're basically it's they've done a very good job at creating a story, but you're basically watching a series of events unfold. Yeah, yeah. That actually happened. Mm-hmm. So it's not based on a true story. It literally is a true story. Yeah, with the exception of like a narrative device put in as a character. Which we'll discuss but a little bit later. It's yeah. just kind of a way for them to link the the Welsh town and then back yeah. in London scenes. It's yeah. It's just a way to kind of segue those together. Um but yeah, it's a good fun romp. And yep. uh I I enjoyed I enjoyed what they did with the story that they're told. Yeah. But essentially, um, as much as we know is just kind of like in terms of production is just it was f- partly funded by pride films so mm-hmm. like the i think the guys behind the ljsm kind of raised up some money with pride to kind of okay. tell this story oh, interesting as in some of the interviews that we talked about um but yeah essentially it's kind of and it is kind of a relatively unheard of story mm. yeah yeah no i didn't i mean i've as we were watching, I was like, yeah, this, is, this sounds familiar. Like, I remember hearing something about this, but I didn't really have any idea of, of yeah. what happened. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a very interesting story, and it's, it's it really cool. To be, it seems to be a thing at the moment to kind of go and tell stories set in Thatcher's England. Have you noticed that? It's well, yeah, I was, was going to say it, because Blinded by the Light. Yeah. Uh, it was our most, you know, the most recent one I could think of, but we've seen a bunch of them. We have Lately. seen a few. I mean, even High Rise kind of is High influenced. Rise is very Thatcherite. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's so, def- definitely all about that. Um, oh, I can't remember when that was written. It might have been written around Thatcher's era as well. Really? Uh, possibly, like the book. Oh. Um, I can't quite remember now, but it, it was around there. Um, yeah, yeah. It's odd that it, it keeps cropping up, doesn't it? Yeah, it's weird because it's like the political era and setting for films for it has almost been more influenced now later after we've gotten the pop pop culture and influences of the 80s so like yeah like we've had the whole 80s we've had the fluff like of like everyone being interested in that culture yeah and now everyone's kind of like directing films and showing the darker side of that to kind of reflect what we're seeing today and kind of politics and stuff Mm. it's an interesting thing because i've like i mean you know like we've been into 80s culture for a little while. I mean, Back yeah. to the Future is one of my favorite movies. So, like, I, I, I've, I'm very into all of that stuff. Mm. But it's very interesting that you know we're seeing a lot of the darker British side of it in films today. Well, I quite, I quite like that because um, a lot of people, um, like, especially when this kind of you know trend of the 80s kind of circled back again. Um, a lot of the people just sort of had this weird nostalgia, but it was people who like didn't even live in the eighties. And they're just like, Oh, the eighties were so good. And like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, you were 92. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like neon, you know, neon track suits and whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and that's great. And you can like that. Like I really like the 1940s and fifties, but you know, I don't, you know, I don't fucking know what, what it was like to live in them. Mate, so it's nice I- that there's these films that, that do this for us. I for have the, 80s. the exact same opinion. I'm like, absolutely love the 1920s. Wouldn't want to be in them. Yeah, like. yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. We wouldn't be able to do a podcast. That's for <laughs> sure. I wouldn't be able to be alive. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, but it's interesting. Mm. Um, so speaking of dark, 
um, and mm-hmm. gritty and British. Batman. Shall we talk about these reviews that you've got? <laughs> yeah, yes. For this film. Yeah, so, um, so overall on IMDb, it has a rating of 7.8. Okay. Which is very, very good. That For IMDb, that's pretty good. It is, yeah. It's a solid rating. Um, I had to go through them. Usually I like to get ones that are just like silly people saying silly things. But yes. Because of the, the the themes in this film are to do with like gay people and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was worried you were going to get some trolls. You just on. you just get idiots that I don't feel need any attention put on them. Okay, so I have cool. I've swerved them uh, as as well as I I can. Have. So we've got less less trolls, less funny ones. Well, just because yeah, I mean, if it was a funny troll, I would have fucking read it out. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. not. It's just like there's people hating on just just like I didn't like this film because there was gay people. Yeah, it's like if you like. Any movies, yeah. there's probably been a gay person oh, involved God. in it. Don't you <laughs> like, hate when people post like that and then they just say, "I'm not ra- I'm not like homophobic though." Yeah, because yeah, my yeah. friend or someone that I know was blah 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 blah. Yeah, and it's just like whatever. I'm not homophobic, up. but yeah, you know, let me spout some homophobia yeah, at here, you. Here it comes. <laughs> Get ready. Let me tell you about my second cousin yeah. who once like kissed a man, and then it's fine. Yeah, it's like no. I'm not. I'm not anti uh, tea, but why don't all the tea bags go back to India? Yeah, you know that That's, kind of thing. That is where we're <laughs> stopping the podcast. If you're going home right there. That comment. Everything else we've said and this explicit. Yeah. There's a reason I tag That's all of these enough. podcasts as explicit, but that is crossing a line, Lester. And you should go home. How dare you say that about tea? <laughs> oh, um, this is a mo- this is a brew podcast. Yeah. First and foremost, how dare you insult tea? So yeah, there was a lot of that. Uh, which just doesn't need reading out because it's yeah. not even that funny. It's just like, oh, okay. Um, so I've got a few. I found ones that are, f- you know, fairly well-rounded. Right, and I reckon to I'm going to get quite a few of these because because we're not talking about trolls. Mm. We're going to get people that actually think about what they're rating for the film. Yes. So I reckon I'm going to do well. I'm uh, yeah, I think, I think you'll do a bit better. Yeah, there's, there's no better. like real wild cards in this. Mm-hmm. Um all of these were quite long, so I'm just going to read out like excerpts from. All them. right, that sounds good. Uh, so this one is from I Rispin. Okay. Uh, he did this on the year it came out as well. Just so we know, the title is Pride Ictable, <laughs> which is pretty good in its oh, own, that's... to be honest. Oh fucking hell! And he put right. Okay. Oh, oh this is the one where someone swallowed a thesaurus for for lunch. No. Mm. A mawkish cut and shut of two leftist cause celebres populated by stereotypical characters moving inexorably yet insufficiently quickly towards its predictable conclusion. Unfortunately, I'm not allowed to stop at one sentence and it goes on there. I'm going to stop it at that sentence. <laughs> yes. Thank you for stopping it at that sentence. So he's just got like a thesaurus open. Literally. And it's fucking... This is, oh man. Like, doesn't it sound like he's trying to impress someone with he's his He's really trying to impress the internet. Isn't he? Like he's just mm. straight up internet date me. I've you don't got even such a good vocabulary. You don't. You, do you get like internet points on IMDb? I think you do actually. Yeah. Um. But yeah. No. He's he's just yeah. He, he's definitely doing that. I I mean I've got I've got to give him some points for putting a pun in the title. I fucking love puns well, in titles. That's how he gets you. you see? That's how that's that's how they hook you in and they spout their the, hate. He gets you with the pun and then he puts words like in, inexorably in yeah, it, which don't gonna, need to be in there. I was going to mention inexorably. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great word. Yeah. I'm not even sure I know what it means. Well, there's no need for it to be in there. It's just um, inexorably. Yeah, he could have, he could have, I mean, that's really. Unnecessary? Is that what it means? Inexorably? No, it's just kind of like, 
efficiently, kind of, but not really. If you know the definition of inexorably, and you're a listener to this podcast, hello at the movie brew. At the movie brew, yeah. Um, maybe you're the person that invented that word. Maybe, maybe you're Irispin. Maybe you use it in your everyday language, and we're just heathens. So possibly, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, I mean, it's very possible. Yeah. Um, so, how many stars out of ten do you reckon Irispin gave this? With that snippet, he sounds like he's got something to prove. Yeah. I'm gonna say he gave it. Uh, but he still like would rate it a little bit, so I'm gonna say he either gave it three or four stars. Well, you've got Most cheese. people would give it three stars, mm. but he has something to prove. He gave it four or two. Oh, I don't know. Four. I'm gonna say four. four. I'm sticking with four. four. He gave it two stars. Damn it! <laughs> so close. <I'm> so close. <laughs> okay, next one from Ian Louisiana. Okay. Who I think owns Louisiana, which is nice. Must be nice. Um title is stereotype versus stereotype dot 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 uh warning spoilers the horny handed sons of toil meet the sensitive artistic and creative classes thus proving that indeed politics makes strange bedfellows if i may use such an expression without being without seeming homophobic the problem for me with pride is that you can't fight hatred with hatred i don't know where the homophobia is in that but you know that sounded yeah (laughs) He's he's really covering his ass there. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't mind, excuse the pun. <laughs> excuse the pun. Um. Yeah. Excuse God me knows. to get political here, but just don't like it when everyone spouts some hate speech. Yeah, yeah. So I, why can't we just all get along? Look, I don't want to seem homophobic, but I really like pizza. <laughs> 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 That's the sort of thing that someone would say. Like, I like to put basil on pizza. Yeah, yeah. No offense, but. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the one. Uh, pineapple and mushroom forever. Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to ignore that. How, <laughs> so how many stars do you think he um, gave it? I think uh, oh, I think this is more of a middling review. I think mm. he gave it... Uh, I'm going to stick with four. He did indeed give it four stars. Yes, there very we go. Good, very good. So, I mean, he kind of points it out quite well there. Like, you know, it's two different people and politics makes strange bedfellows. And I but think if that's... you don't mind, love is love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but you can't fight hatred with hatred. I think he then goes on to say that, um, like the Fam. way, the way that, that the LGS M. Yeah. I keep forgetting it. Yeah, I we know. We literally just watched the film. We literally just came for it. And we watched a few little tidbits and making ofs and documentaries and stuff but he goes on to say that like the way that they're kind of basically fighting hatred with hatred isn't doesn't work even if your enemy is maggie thatcher kind of thing and mm-hmm. but, but this film kind of goes to show that yeah it kind of does in this and sense also, i would dispute the fact that they're fighting hatred with hatred yeah they're not they're not it's they're just, embracing each other and finding i'm not really sure where finding, he got that from they're finding strength within their communities as oppressed people yeah and i, yeah. I feel like they're finding love and community within that because mm. the system doesn't uh, doesn't show enough you know support for them or doesn't yeah, yeah. give them a voice exactly so they're kind of finding solidarity with others which i think is a really good thing and oh for sure yeah um yeah no it's it's, it's very it's just an odd an odd take that an i don't odd, really get yeah it's an it's an odd un, it's an odd not wanting to offend take yeah uh so next one yeah let's do it this one's from alan jacked all right. Who I think he wants people to know that he is fucking jacked. <laughs> that for sure. <laughs> oh my god, he's definitely got an exercise YouTube channel. Oh god, yes. <laughs> Where he reviews movies Hi while guys. doing weights. Alan jacked here. Like and subscribe. <laughs> um, okay. No Ty- video games this week. <laughs> All of the dumbbells. All of the gains. <laughs> 
Okay, his title is Proud. All right. And he says, everybody who was involved in this film should be proud of Pride. Gives a slice of what was occurring in the 80s, top for uh, top performances throughout and brilliant, brilliantly directed, can't talk today, Yeah. all manner of accents and ideas with pseudo cliches come together to form a beautifully told tale of how the bullied come together en masse. Fully agree with you, jacked up Alan Jack. Alan Jacked. Yeah. Alan Jacked. Sounds like a hero. He just sounds like a real, real superhero right there. But yeah, the performances in this are great. There's, some, there's some, some stellar we've acting. We've got some stellar actors in here. Mm. We've got some. We've got some. We've got some British heroes. Yeah. Theatre thespian heroes. Yeah. Got the man himself, Bill Nye, there's... Melda Strawton, the, yeah. uh, Moriarty from Sherlock. Can't remember his name. Who's Moriarty from Sherlock? Uh, Geffen. Oh, okay. He's I've a, never watched that, but I've heard the good BBC things. Sherlock series. He's mm. Moriarty, and he's With really good. Doctor Strange, he is completely different to the character he plays in there. Right. But also, that character in the BBC series is also played as like a kind of a minor, non- nondescript, <laughs> nondescript. Um, either like he might be gay or he might be bisexual, sort of thing. Okay, but he's also like an, a master manipulator, an ambiguous, fellow. ambiguous, asexual, sexual. Person. Yeah, Pro- Professor Moriarty, the trickster. Not asexual. That's not what that means. This is different. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, but and also, uh, what what this um what this one points out is everyone does a really good job of a Welsh accent in this film. Oh my God. Which is really difficult. Everyone does a good job of every accent in this film. Did you, like, uh, yeah. right, <laughs> listeners, if you have seen this film, like, I'm going to, we're going to blow your minds right here. Yeah. The lead guy mm-hmm. in this is like, Mark Ben, Ashton. ben Schwar- Schwartzman, Schwar- Schultz, Schultzman. Uh, something like that. Um, I can look it up in a minute. He's an American. Ben Schnetzer. Schnetzer. He's so American. Yeah. He is, his real accent will shock you to your core as to oh, why. Wow, he's as American as it gets. He was born in New York. Oh, man. That's really American. Oh, Schnetzer. Well done, Schnetzer. That's that's pretty, yeah. So he's full on, full on American. Yeah. And it was quite shocking. And he does a really hear. good Irish accent. Oh, man. I and just, it's it's not like a cliched accent either. No, it's just it was like, like he just sounded like an Irish person. Yeah. Just a regular Irish person. Yeah, it yeah. was it was a shock watching the making of documentary and just hearing that voice come out of that man. <laughs> yeah, we didn't like that. We didn't like that. At <laughs> all. First off, um, yeah. So, how many stars do you think Alan jacked? I think he gave it a bunch of stars. I'm mm-hmm. gonna say he gave it nine or ten. Oh, wow, he gave it five stars. What? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He was so positive. He was. Maybe he's just like. I'm Alan Jack. No one gets nine out of ten from me. That's true. Bro. Um, unless there's like a certain amount of like pull-ups or like yeah, yeah, yeah. exercise in there. It's yeah. gotta have. It's gotta meet some like Sylvester Stallone style like yeah. training montages. Like Predator for him is ten out of ten just because yeah. everyone's buff. Creed like yeah, full yeah, on. yeah. He loves that. I mean, that film is amazing. Uh, Top Gun. Yeah. Anything. Well, I was I was about to say anything slightly homoerotic, but this film is <laughs> fairly homoerotic. So. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no training montage there's no training montage that's the problem um okay last one i think yes last sure. one from kinetic soul but soul spelled like the korean city soul okay i don't know why uh it says oh well the title is very inventive it's it's the title is pride all right yeah interesting uh it says i might get some hate for this review uh-oh yeah but besides the cause, I don't get how this movie would get such positive reviews. 
It just seemed overly drawn out and super pretentious at times. The dialogues just seemed a bit too pretentious and over the top. I'm sorry, the dialogues. The dialogues, yeah, <laughs> and over the top. Like they were constantly trying to up each other when it comes to how much more emotional things they can say to one another. That's a <laughs> difficult sentence. Yeah, that's, that's weird. It all just seemed overlong and boring, and he goes on and on and on um, and on. And on. Um, that's interesting <laughs> that uh, he thought that it just what didn't move enough. Yeah. Because we both mentioned that this film, surprisingly enough, Kinetic Soul. Yeah. This film is kinetic. Well, that's what, how I would describe the it. Like it just is, yeah. starts and it moves mm. and it just keeps going. Um, so I, I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't agree that, no, that, that, no. that that's, that's, that's how I feel saying that I got to guess a number. Yeah. Cause you're putting me on the spot. You got to do it. Um, I'm going to say he gave it two stars. <sighs> He, he gave it one star, didn't he? He gave it six out of ten. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. I really what don't know. the fuck? I really don't know. Why are you doing this? <laughs> I, think, I can't I th- believe you've done this. I can't believe you've done this. I, I'm starting to think that you're just getting random numbers from making other it reviews. I'm just no, making it's it up. right there, six out of ten. Yeah, yeah, I think that looks like you've written it down. It's photoshopped. Yeah, yeah. You're, just, you're just spouting <laughs> some hate and putting a random number next to it. These people don't exist. Well, that's all my reviews, but I would like to, that's a nice segue of what I would like to talk about with you is when you mentioned the start of the film and how the film starts. Yeah. So uh, after your recommendation last week, where we watched some Patrick Willem videos, who's a- fucking love Patrick Willem. He's a YouTuber that does really good dissections of films and things. Have you gotten into him since I showed you? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I watched one where he was talking about uh, biopics. I love that one. And he mentions in it that the problem he has with biopics is that it, I mean, one, they all follow a very strict formula. Yeah. And two, they kind of, they they cram like an entire lifespan into a film. Yeah. And he said that, you know, if you just focused on like one part, so say like you're doing something on the Rolling Stones and you just focused on that one Hyde Park performance that they did and like the build up to that and the end to that and what happened from that, yeah. that makes a good film and that's enough content for a film. Whereas when you have these biopics that go through a whole lifespan, they have to miss a lot out and it all gets diluted and sped up and everything. Don't just pick a moment, Mm. pick like a specific time period. Yeah. That's like Walk the Line did that. The one that's, I think that's one of the biopics that he talks about um, when he's talking about the kind of Johnny, Johnny Cash one. And it's Mm. kind of like, it does span a little bit of the, of that, but it focuses specifically on like one around the time of the performance at the uh, San Quentin at San Quentin Joe house and it's just yeah and it's just and everything that led up to that and that's a really important pivotal moment it gives you context to the character Mm -hmm. and that's what's really important and I feel like this rather than it being context to the character the character is inserted into the movement and what we're showing is more about the whole scenario of the movement yeah and what all of these people have done yeah in this biopic. But that's why I appreciate about this film is because it didn't do what these biopics usually do where yeah. it goes through a whole lifespan. It just picks like from, uh, you know, 84 to 85. Yeah. And it goes, this is the important part of what happened. I mean, the way they introduce the main character is brilliant because it's the most uh, succinct thing. But the opening shot, you instantly know who he is because he's in his flat. He's watching um, the news on his TV. It's kind of gives you, right, this is what's going on with the miners just from the, the news being on in his flat. He looks at it. Then there's a shot of him uh, standing in front of the TV. And then on the wall behind him, he has uh, a poster of, I think it's like a cardboard cutout actually, of like a famous diva star 
who I don't know the name of, but it's like, you know, a really deep, like she's got this spangly dress on and everything. Very like out there diva. Mm -hmm. And exactly next to that, he has the communist flag. Yeah. And that's all you need to know about him. Like that one shot is just like, okay, I know who this guy is. Yeah. Like straight away. And then it just, and then the film just starts at what you need to know. And it's excellent. It does a really good job of starting the film. Um, What I would say is we'll get into a bit later is the ending kind of lost me a bit. Mm Mm-hmm. In regards to, I don't think it should have stopped there. Okay. Uh, but we'll get into that a bit later. All right. But yeah, so, but I just thought the way it started was excellent. Really, really good mm-hmm. for this kind of film. Rather than just being like, you know, well, Mark Ashton was born in mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then he grew up and he had a bit of an interest. And in here's some defining moments from him at school yeah. being bullied for yeah, being gay. Yes, yes, yes. And this is where exactly. he gets the power to like, no, we don't need any of we that. We don't need the formula. He's a, He starts off. Strong in his ideals, knowing yeah. what he believes. He knows what he wants, and, and he knows who he is. And oh, that's by great. the way, we should probably have mentioned by now, this review is going to contain spoilers. Oh, well, yeah. 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 So We haven't got there yet, but it will. Um, Probably. Should we... <laughs> I guess we'll we'll make a we'll make a quick stop mm. and just give a give, give a good full on like thumbs up rating a good a good old review yeah because like yeah. we're not going to talk that much about techie techie stuff or anything mm-hmm. before we move mm-hmm. on so we're just going to kind of really jump into it so I think if you're enjoy if you're interested in a good fun romp yeah you're interested in feel good movies you're interested in just like if you liked Blinded by the Light. You should see this film. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's the same kind of thing that you, you're going to enjoy it. Um, it's very interesting and yeah, yeah, it's quite an important story as well. It is it's a great story, important story. So with that said, what are you going to give it? Um, I will give it. I think I'm going to give Pride a green tea. Interesting. Hmm. Mainly based on the our definition of a green tea in our in our uh, our score chart. Five point six eight. Yeah, 5.68. And a good standard tea, you can drink at any time. Mm-hmm. I think you can, like, you can knock this film on at any time. Like, you can just watch it with, like, it's, it's easy. Yeah. Like, everyone can watch it. You can watch it with your mum. You can watch it with, like, whoever. And it's not like, oh, I can't really watch that with so and so because it's a bit gory or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just think it's a good, solid movie. Uh, it's, it's worth watching. It's, it says an important thing about uh, a piece of history. And um, yeah, I just think it's very good. I'm going to give it one up from you. Yeah. I'm going to give it a chai latte, cheeky mm-hmm. treat with a bit of spice, yeah. 7.1. Well, I think around seven is about the consensus for this consensus, film as well. Consensus, six so, or yeah. seven is what we give this movie. Yeah. But numbers don't mean anything. No. We're calling it chai latte green tea. Yeah. It's a chai green tea. Sure is. Um, but yeah, it's, it does a really good job at just focusing on a specific moment in time. It explains a lot of context around mm. the group, around the mining community, around Thatcher's England in a very short span of time. Yeah, yeah. There is not that much expositiony stuff. No, it's quite that nice. happens. There um, is some points where I sort of needed to catch up with it. Yeah. Um, but it's fine. You know, it doesn't it it doesn't speed ahead too much that you get lost. And look, like we were just laughing and joking the whole way through this. Like, yeah. This yeah. is just a fun film you can watch with anyone. There's a lot of really good jokes in here as well. And, yeah. Yeah. And like it was, it's it's just a real good. It's just a real feel-good movie, and I, I would definitely recommend it. Mm-hmm. So I think somewhere in between those two recommendations of the middling and the third highest yeah, um, is where we would put our reviews. Mm-hmm. That being said, going back to the scenes yeah. slash spoilery bits, um, I wanted to talk about the introduction of Mark Ashton's character that yep. you mentioned, um, because I didn't really pick up on the bit where he was watching TV. But what I did notice is that we're made to think... Like we're following a different character and it kind of right. splits through the film as like, 
are we following Bromley or are we following Mark Ashton? Mm. And I kind of feel like Mark Ashton is the secret or like main character of this film. I just assumed he was, to be honest. But I like the, uh, I like the way that we're introduced to him at the March. So we follow Bromley comes in. He's not sure of. It's like a 20 year old kid and And it's his first pride March and he hasn't come out to his parents and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's just a bit overwhelmed. He doesn't want to be very out. Yeah. Uh, as everyone there and so he we're showing we're shown him having a conversation with mike jackson Mm -hmm. uh who's carrying a banner and he's helping him and they have a conversation and then mark ashton just walks over in the middle of the conversation and starts asking for money for buckets yeah and i was i was under the impression that was the first we were seeing of his character Mm. but i didn't i didn't notice the, the scene before then that you mentioned where we're watching him watch tv and get the idea of it i do remember that now but um, I just remember like seeing him pop out, and he's like, he's got the idea. Yeah, and, like, right. Yeah, okay. he just like runs. He like runs in, steals the scene. It's like, no, this is what the film's about. I'm gonna get some buckets. Like, follow me, follow <laughs> yeah. me, camera. Yeah. So I, I I I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that kind of like it's like a passing of the baton type thing mm. of the story in a sense. In my head, that's how I see it. I see what you mean. Yeah, I do find it's it's sometimes a bit more of a of a wrestle between them than a passing of the baton oh, in yeah. some parts. It goes back and um, forth. Where it's kind of Yeah, like there's there's that bit near the end where um spoilers. Oh god, what yeah, spoilers. What, what is his name? The the fella that gets beaten up right near the end. Goes out on his own to Geffen. raise the money. Geffen, it is Geffen. Uh, he goes out on his own to raise money. This is sort of like everyone's kind of falling apart at this point. And he's like, well, sod it. I'm going to go out and raise some money for yeah, the miners. Yeah. Um, goes out, does it on his own. Basically, uh, it's it gets in a bit, he gets in a bit of trouble and then it cuts. Um, and then you're just following, oh. you're just following Buddy Bromley around for ages. I'm just like, what the fuck is happening to I've Geffen? Got, like, I want to know what's happened. If we're going to talk about techie stuff, I've got to tell you, tell you about how much that cut annoyed me. That was well, that. Yeah, that, yeah. That cut really that riled me up. That's not how you do that. I okay, right. I I don't get pissed off about a lot of things when it comes to editing. I can sit down and I can take. I can I can swallow some shitty editing. <laughs> for I will sit down and I will watch like a shit B movie with some terrible editing and I'll forgive it. Yeah, I'll sit down sure. and I'll go see Batman v Superman and watch that terrible editing for the first ten oh, minutes. That's bad, isn't it? And I'll sit sit there in the cinema and I will swallow it because yeah. I'm oh just take I'm a it. bloody professional. But if we get because <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fucking talk about it. But if we get into a point where there's a confrontation and then you just zoom in onto the back of a character and then do a flash and then cut yep. before the scene's even over, Fuck then that. I am angry at you. I was really annoyed about I it. I was really annoyed about it. Yep. Before the scene's tension even reaches its high point, you just yep. cut and you and flash. Then, and you don't get any more exposition to that for ages. Yeah. And it follows Bromley around doing his thing. Yeah. And, um, and then like ages later, he goes to visit him in hospital. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay, he did get beaten up. Why didn't I like have any it's like fucking schrodinger's cat or something like ta- did he or didn't he get beaten up i'll take a lot of shit for films Esther, but i will not take that it was annoying wasn't it no mm. I'll, I'll do anything for films but i won't take yeah <laughs> i'm um, glad it wasn't just me then i uh, no, no no it's okay so i will talk to you a little bit more about what i hate about that specific type of editing mm-hmm. because it's not just that that's done it but we should probably talk and give a bit more context to the scene yeah Geffen, explain it a bit. Uh, this is like the the lowest moment for the group yeah uh, they've been told they don't want to accept the miners don't want to accept any more money from them. They had a vote and uh, because some of the key members of the group were away during pride uh, with uh, LGSM 
um, kind of out on out on the town, basically. They purposely moved the meeting so they could vote without them and kind of oust the lesbian and gay uh, support the miners group. Yeah. Um, so they've been told they won't accept any money. And Geffen, this character, was just like, no, fuck them. Then they got, they're going to have to, they can't just turn away us when we're giving the money. Yeah. So I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep taking my buckets and I'm going to keep asking. Yeah. And he did something you should never do, which mm. is go and ask uh, for donations and for money by yourself. Well, it was by himself. Night. It was at night. And he was also asking for donations as a, like outwardly as a gay person yeah. for the miners, which was a political issue. Like yeah. you were just asking for fucking trouble, dude. Yeah. Like that's a bad idea. So he uh, is quite clearly troubled and upset yeah. while he's asking people for yeah, money. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, people are walking past him. People are angry at him or spitting on him or whatever. And he's running away and he's mm. coming back. And then this guy follows him and we just see him. He's a bit, he's out of focus at this point. So we're just watching the camera track Geffen as he's, uh, it's kind of pulling away. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of, it's with him. It's keep out of distance, tracking backwards as he's walking, uh, away from this person. And, and in outside of focus, we see this person that's kind of walking up beside him. He's like, excuse me, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. Yeah. And then we see, we cut to a shot and this is the shot that fucking gets me, mate. This is what fucking pisses me off the most. We see him turn around and then there's a sped up push in on the camera that goes, the noise gets turned up on this shot as well. So it gets kind of more grainier and then it gets pushed up to the back of the person's head that's kind of been following him. And then we just see a real like cool push in into fucking Geffen's face yeah. just look really worried and then what happens it flashes you know and it's what? like the scene never happened it's yeah, a yeah, dream. yeah 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 fucking Killing Eve did this as well right <laughs> and it pissed me off so much yeah. I love I like I love the dynamic in that show mm. but there's a bit right where someone's getting chased with a fucking gun and they're going around and they're shooting people and then the guy shoots towards the camera and it flashes white this isn't a 70s Bond movie no that's not yeah that's not on, isn't it? it like that's yeah, yeah. I won't stand for that sort of editing. Yeah, what annoyed me about that as well is the 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 assailant uh wasn't even particularly threatening. No. He just kind of went like it, just said, basically, I want to speak to you. Yeah, he was like genuinely friendly. It's like but like you know, like oh there's probably something suspicious going on, but it's not for definite. It feels and then it's forced. like fucking 20 minutes later you find out he's in hospital because that did happen. But also, right, that shot, that scene, that whole scene and that shot and the way it's edited, that belongs in one place and one place only. And that is the opening scene of a Jack the Ripper mystery. Yeah. If Geffen was a prostitute and Jack the Ripper was <laughs> yeah. behind him, that's Fully the only you. time you Fully can fucking you. do that. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be a sort of period drama that you can look yeah. at with like a little bit of cheese and it's yeah. like, that's fine. And it's got a bit of like a whodunit thing. Yeah. That's yeah. that's when you can do that. That's, that's when it. flash edits work. That is or like it. A, or like a like hip hop music video. But other than yeah. that, don't flash me. Do right? not do that. I yeah. did not I did not go see this film for flashy editing tricks. Yeah, if you see us in the street, do not flash us. Yeah. Yeah. Keep that editing to yourself. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are my thoughts. Those are my great. techie thoughts. So what? So what did you? What did you think about Bromley as a character? Then I thought he was like that scene at times, a little bit forced, because mm. um, he's the fictitious character that they've put into kind of uh, this realistic group and to yeah. kind of escalate the drama. Yeah, uh, yeah, it. basically. And it feels a bit forced sometimes. Well, I just feel like it didn't need to be in there at all. Because mm. um, he's got his own little 
character arc mm-hmm. where he's got his own problems at home with like you know not you know having a, a non an, an anti-gay parent and, yeah. and stuff and like he's worried about coming out and whatnot and it's all that kind of stuff and it's very kind of classic boilerplate yeah um story arc and um the film itself the actual events that happened they have enough tension and drama in them absolutely and what i wanted and to, the things that happen to real the real people as yes well. yeah and that's why you're watching the film yeah you're not watching it for bromley and what what i wanted to get to when i was saying about the uh the ending yeah there's there's a, a woman it, uh, there's a female character in the film who's a, a welsh lady who starts off as just basically like a housewife i think uh called sean whoa what's her second name oh, i don't remember i'll look name. it up um Basically, she uh, is very, very um, instrumental into kind of helping the uh, the the miners get in contact with the gay people and yeah. and like kind of really helps them kind of get on, basically. Yeah. And she like in real life, she later went on to become a member of parliament mm-hmm. and she was the first she was the first female for, to represent her district or something, wasn't yeah. it? So, right, you've got that going Welsh, on. She was the first female, like, Welsh member of parliament. And was she involved when the miners helped push that bill through with the no, gay rights was, as well? No, that was relatively, that was relatively yeah. early on. Okay, but still, right, either way, the, the film ends, as most biopics do, with some text coming up on the screen of, yeah. like, what did they do after? Yeah. And it's like, well, the mi- like after the gays helped the miners... Um, the miners actually came in and helped the the gay community with a bill that got passed um, to help for like gay rights and stuff in in oh, Parliament. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and so why why did we put Bromley in the film and not have that just as part of the story? Yeah, with the the Parliament bit, like you can start it from where exactly where you start it. You don't need Bromley in it. Just keep it going till after that Pride March and the get and the mining community helps pass that bill. I agree with you. Fully agree with That's you. genuinely interesting to me, yeah. and I would have loved to see that. And I love a courtroom, courtroom drama. You do love a courtroom <laughs> I drama. I really, really like and them. any excuse to put a courtroom scene into any film, as we found out with The Devils, yeah. you were just a big fan. Of. I just love it. Um, I, I really like it. But, um, but yeah, that would have been great to see. I There's something, something I want to point out here, is mm-hmm. that when you need to decide when you're making a film about who has the storytelling power, who has the mm. point of view, and who is the audience we're going to follow... Yes. with this especially when you're talking about a big group like this and it's a very weird choice personally i think when you have so many interesting characters in this wide group to put the focus on a fictional character yeah that, yeah exactly that has this kind of external family drama and is like coming out in itself and maybe it's a way of kind of making it into a coming of age story i, I guess is the only way i, I would so, yeah. i would see it but the real life events that happen they're interesting enough they have enough drama and they have enough things that you could focus on that and tell more of the story with real people mm-hmm. but then the other side to that is that are we getting into a point where we're telling too much story of those people and not enough of that specific time because then we'd be doing the things that biopics do and splitting around from different time zones and talking about different things when you only want to talk about a specific time period. So, well, yeah, yeah, no, there is, true. there is that side there to it is as that. well. But I do feel like the, at times it feels like Bromley and Mark Ashton are sharing the, the screen and the storytelling power as mm. it were. Other times it feels like they're fighting each other for it. Yeah. And like Mark Ashton as a personality can hold that screen enough. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, he's, he's a cool guy, and he's got enough. He's got enough. Yeah, he's got enough dudes. Like he's got enough storytelling prowess. Yeah, yeah. In his in his kind of 
story and stuff to kind of be the main character. Right. And also, just while we're on this subject of uh, Mark Ashton kind of not needing someone else to kind of co-main character we with don't him. don't need a fictional person, but yeah. Um, so at the end, it's like they talk about he got diagnosed with AIDS, right? Or was it HIV or one, one of those? And he, yeah. he sadly died at 26. Um, so was that scene where he bumps into like his old flame at a club, was that him finding out that he is HIV HIV positive or has AIDS, whichever one it was. No, it sounded like that guy was on a farewell tour because he was just like... Well, because I think he was going to die. I thought he was going to commit suicide is what I thought. Oh, no, I, I I thought he was diagnosed and, oh, and okay. was and was going to pass away and that's why he was just like having a great old time. I feel like if, if he was HIV positive, they'd have made him more... Well, this is my a point. A bigger thing about him telling him if it was that guy. Yeah, that's kind of what... But he said he was diagnosed and then he died two days later and it was very quick when it came on. So it sounds like it was something that happened after the time mm. period of when the movie was set. Yeah, maybe. Um, it just kind of threw me off because I was like, on. holy shit, that was quick. Because if he was... If I was like, happened, I don't remember that happening in the film. You know? If it happened that early, if it happened that early on, he probably would have been diagnosed earlier yeah. and would have been living with it for longer. Mm. But what it says in the end text is that he was diagnosed and died two and days later. That. Yeah. Two days later. So, Real. um, so it sounds like it's something that happened a bit later on in his yeah. life. No, that's fair enough. Contra- uh, contrary to that, uh, mm. Jonathan, um, mm. uh, played by Dominic West, uh, amazing Jimmy McNult, McNulty yeah. from uh, uh, The Wire. Um, he is the real life person that's um that his character is based upon yeah who has an amazing soul patch if you want to look up look <laughs> yes him up. it's excellent um yeah he was diagnosed with hiv and he's still mm. alive today yeah and he's in his 60s and he didn't think he was gonna live very long so yeah well, he's, he would be what, 69 now 68 69 yeah. um yeah that's yeah very very good, good. very good um, especially seeing he's got he got diagnosed in the eighties. Yeah, in the early eighties. Yeah, crazy. And was one of the first people in the UK to be diagnosed. Yeah, still alive today though. Crazy. Interesting. Mm. This film actually does a lot of of, uh, of showing you how people um, assumed HIV and AIDS were. Mm-hmm. Like it does a lot of that of like you know people's perspective. You you see like. Um, these kind of adverts on the TV, like warning you about the dangers of AIDS and HIV and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's it does like a really good job of kind of showing that um, there wasn't enough information given to people about it. And it was, it's obviously a very scary thing, yeah. uh, but you know, people will fear it if you don't, if they don't have enough information on it. And if they know what it is, then that's better. Yeah. But they, they just weren't, just didn't know enough about it for it to be. Uh, this film focuses a lot on every area of on every aspect of prejudice. Mm, yeah. I feel like yeah, it does. I feel like that's an aspect of it. Not just from how the gay community were treated, how the minors were um uh were prejudiced against. Yeah, and how the minors were prejudiced against the gays as well. Uh, when they when when they met when the first LGSM mm-hmm. beating happened and how they learned to get each other. But also how the media yeah. uh, was prejudiced against both groups yeah. and also towards the AIDS uh, epidemic that was happening at that time. Yeah. Um, because misinformation was being spread. It's quite similar to now, to be honest, with like fake news and stuff. I mean, um, there's there's always going to be that. That's just like, unfortunately something that's going to be around. It's weird because I always thought it was more of a th- it's more of a thing now oh, than no, ever. No, no, no. But it was like, it was big in the 80s. Fake news was like full on. And dude, fucking, you know, World War One. there was propaganda. It's, it's always been here. 
Yeah. You just got to know to look out for it. Yeah. It's always, it's never going to fucking go away. Fake news. Fake news. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it definitely does. It does like a really good job of that. Um, I really like the character played by Paddy Constantine of Die. That's his yeah. name. D-A-I. Yeah. Die. That's how you say it. Um, really, really excellent character. Such a good dude. Um, like the first time he meets the gate, because they, they get in contact with the, the miners uh, union and say like, you know, we've raised all this money and we would like to give it to you. And, you know, do you want to meet up? And then um, he eventually, he goes to meet them and he he didn't get told at all who who or what they were, this mm-hmm. this group. So he kind of meets them and goes like, oh, so what does LGSM stand for then? <laughs> and he just like, he had no idea that yeah. they were like, you know, a group of gay people that were doing all this stuff. And, but he's just the most open, welcoming man. And he's just the most wholesome thing in the world. And I love him. He's <laughs> amazing. He's really nice. Like it's even so in the, great. the, um, the interviews with like the actual die. Yeah. He's just, he's just very welcoming and just lovely. Paddy Constantine is closely becoming one of my kind of favorite go-to British actors. He's in a lot of things that I've seen. He recently. does an excellent job. In and this. he does a really excellent job. Whether yeah. it's Hot Fuzz, mm-hmm. whether it's that new BBC series that I saw recently, The Informant. Okay. Where he plays a terrible human being. Oh. But like an investigator for like counterterrorism units. That sounds good. It's it's real good. Mm. Or whether it's um whether it's this guy who's like the most wholesome person. Like yeah. those are three completely different performances yeah. from the same dude. Yeah. And I'm just very interested by that range um yeah definitely he's got great really, range yeah and just like just the fact that he plays this kind of wholesome hunchy welshman mm. and he goes to the like when he goes to the gay bar and he does the first speech in front of everyone and kind of wins the crowd over yeah um, that's a great speech oh it's so good when he talks about like the the difference between the welsh miners and the the gay community in mm. london is the women because they're a lot more feminine in the gay in the gay club. Yeah, and there's like that woman in drag. Yeah, there's just... a drag queen next to him. And he's like, yeah, they're a lot more feminine here. <laughs> Brilliant. It's so good. Um, yeah, he does some great speeches in it. And I, what I really liked the the kind of hunch, the hunch thing that he kind of committed to through it. Because yeah. obviously, if you've worked down a mine your whole life, you're gonna develop that because you're crouching over, walking through the tunnels yeah. and whatever. And you know, I think some of these mines, people would walk for like hours just to get to the spot where they start digging. So they've got a couple hours walk through these horrible, Jesus Christ, like walking through that just to get to work and then all the way back again. I mean, it's a tough job, um, but these communities really depended on it. Yeah. Um, that was, that was their, that was how they all made a living in these villages. And when it got closed down, it just, it fucking put a lot of people on benefits because like, you know, job seekers and stuff. Cause that's all they could do. And oh, it just did not help at all. We've talked a lot about Bromley. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Paddy Constantine. Yeah. Let's talk more about the Welsh community in this film. Yeah, just as a general. Yeah, just as a general. Mm. Specifically, I want to point out a couple of people. Um, Bill Nye. Yeah. Was amazing. Yeah, really good. Um, Like that performance. Because it's not a big part. It's not really. And he's I, I, someone that could carry this film. Yeah, I kept imagining he was going to get a big old monologue, and he never did. He actually. never did. Mm. There's a point where you think it's going to happen, and it doesn't. And it doesn't. They take he away just from kind you. of breaks down, and it's just like oh, I was denied my Bill Nye monologue. Yeah, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Um, but I, I absolutely loved his performance. It's so yeah. quiet 
and understated, Very but understated. secretly powerful. Yeah. Like that bit where he does the small, he, it's like his only story, his only yeah. monologue and the whole thing. But he's explaining to the LGSM community when they're all getting to know each other, uh, they're all sat around in this pub and they're get, he's telling them about the purest coal line. And there's that yeah, coal line the that connects. Yeah, the line that goes from, what is it, Spain up to Wales and then over to uh, America. I can't remember where he said, somewhere in America. And he describes it in a way to make it sound like this line makes it all seem like we're all interconnected. Mm. And that feeds everything. And it's not just about the coal, it's about the people. Yeah. And that the people are, uh, are connected like that. And it's just like... We're just watching these people just get won over by this absolutely lovely man. Yeah, he's great. And he's just like, if I was in front of Thatcher, that's what I said. And he's getting, he's getting emotional. He's getting calm about it as he's talking about it. Yeah, I mean, it. he's a very, like, calm and collected uh, older gent. But, yeah. yeah, like, when, when you know, it's the only time you hear him swear is when he says Maggie Thatcher's name. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a really, really powerful bit because even then he's being very understated the way he plays it, but you can feel the rage coming from that yeah. man and uh, what's happened to, to his community. It's a quiet, understated rage. Which is the scariest type. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's really, really good. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't I, I didn't quite pick up on that whole thing of... Well, I did and I didn't at the same time, you know, of it like, you know, connecting all the lands and all that stuff. Yeah. It's very good. Him and Imelda Straughton's character mm-hmm. uh, are kind of opposite ends of a spectrum. I like to think of them as, as the two ends of a magnet. Yeah. Like, were they married? I'm going to look that up um, while you yeah, talk. If you, if you can look that up, because I'm not sure if they're, they're, they're um, w- characters were, a were married. Or not. Yeah. Um, but she plays the, the kind of one of the head leaders of the community behind the miners' union groups. Yeah. Um, and kind of the support community of the town um and she's just amazing because she's just got such a fire and such a passion that she just uses to rally around all of these people just getting them to do what she wants and also just kind of just taking that she takes no shit yeah yeah anyone yeah she's great she's very amazing she's she's just an excellent leader yeah really really good and she's just like she won't take any shit from like that other person that i can't remember her name but um, but also they they complement each other so well mm. that um, it's quite interesting to think of Bill Nye as like the quite understated rage, yeah, and like Emil Strauter's character as like just straight straight fire, mm. yeah, yeah, like just the un unfiltered rage coming at you, yeah. Um, so it's just it's interesting right all the all the cast listing there is only giving me their first names and i've done a google and i can't find out at all but i think that they were supposed to be married in this film i believe so too um which is a big part because right in the sort of the last third of the film Mm -hmm. um bill nye's character who's cliff he comes out as gay Mm -hmm. while they're uh they're making sandwiches for the next um union event that's happening just you know sitting in the kitchen buttering bread and cutting the cutting them whatever um and he he comes out as gay he just sort of they're just having like a conversation and then he just says it because he's like i I just need to get it he just needs to get it out yeah finally and it's kind of i think you know it's because he's seen how his community has for the most part welcomed these gay people so open-armedly that he's kind of like okay it's actually okay for me to be like this now because he's an older man he was probably you know, he was probably a young man about town when he was like, what, the 
what like the 50s maybe something like that just when like it was not like you like if you lived in a welsh mining town in the 50s or 60s and you were gay that you would just keep that to yourself uh unfortunately because it would not go well for you um but it comes out and then she sort of like pauses for it and she goes like yeah i've known for a while (laughs) and it's just really nice she's like i've known since 1968 (laughs) or whatever they just kind of laugh i was like it's absolutely fine um i just thought that was a really nice little bit i didn't see it coming either I didn't didn't see him coming out as gay as no, a, me thought neither. that was a little a little good good little it's twist. It's a really great little real life twist between yeah. between those two. Um so that's just yeah, a lot of run. Mm. Let's talk about the if you can call it that right. antagonists in this film. The family of people that are the only homophobes in the village. I'm the only homophobe in the village. Um, I loved the fact that they didn't capitalize on the fact that this um, group of people were outsiders for this Welsh community and they, were, they weren't going out of their way to show uh, discrimination and like feel bad for all of these gay people and how they're treated by these horrible things, but more showed how quickly these people can get accepted. And the, the people that didn't get on the, like didn't get on the train and didn't accept these people were the stragglers. Yeah. I loved that. I thought that that was Mm. really great. That like how quickly the community accepted these people and how quickly they kind of came together was the defining factor. And everyone that was kind of the small group of people that didn't get accepted, either got won over slowly or, they just were just kind of shut out. It's yeah. Like, we won't take your shit or your discrimination mm-hmm. or your hate. Just take it somewhere else. I think it's, it does a really good job of portraying prejudice like that. Uh, the way that it does exist in the real world, rather than being like, you know, a Hollywoodized version of it, of like, you know, they're crafty, evil, sneaky people. It's like, no, they're just people. They just have some bad ideas. Yeah. And eventually like right near the end, I think the two sons, of the uh, homophobic mother end up marching at the march. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. You, that might just be put in for a nice rounded ending. Yeah. Um, but they end up marching with them uh, right at the end. And she calls, she sort of gets one around, but she's not. She's still not okay with it. But, no. you know, she just gets left her own devices at that point. And that's kind of, you know, that's that's how it works in the real and world. And the whole village just realised what, what a shit she is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just... It's at that point... It's like, well, she's been left out. I thought it was just a very real presentation of, of how, how it actually happens. And I just thought it was very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I really appreciated that, actually. What I did find was maybe um, I would have liked there to be a more centralized antagonist. Yeah. Um, probably not them, but more to do with uh, the government. Because it, it seems like this film expects you to know about the story already before you're watching it a little bit, or at least know the kind of the bare bones. And frankly, I I didn't really. Um, And, you know, the government is kind of doing things on like the fringe of the story, but I would have liked them to be a bit more in there as an antagonist, which they were at the time. I'm fully with you. We Mm. need a courtroom drama scene (laughs) um, where they were just passing some bills. Still pushing for that courtroom drama. Passing some Bill Franklin's. But no, I I, I do agree with you. I think, Mm. I think that is um, something that would, would have benefited um, the film a little bit, just with some, some central antagonists. Or I just like to think that we needed, what you're saying is we needed a Bond villain. 
this movie. I mean, kind of, yeah. Like, just someone behind a desk with a swivelly chair and a cat talking about how much they hate gay people. I mean, it wouldn't even have to be that. Maybe you could do it with some more expository uh, shots of, like, them hearing the news on, like, you know, TV or radio or whatever. Stroke of like, Yeah, yeah. Of, like, but, like, of, like, oh, you know, Thatcher's done this now and she sent more police over there to arrest the striking miners because they're trying to be unlawful and stuff like that it's it's very much implied rather than explicit especially at that bit at the start where they all go for a walk yeah and then there's like four or five to seven police vans police vans like who's right. ordering everyone to round up all these miners mm-hmm we need we need, we well, could have done one knowing that when that shot happened and they were like oh bloody police are coming in i was like I didn't know what they were there to do. Yeah. So I was like, wait, what? Like, what? But I guess this is what I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. The power of the POV who's telling the story. The people in the LGSM group wouldn't know who would be ordering around or who's uh, like kind of maneuvering to round up all of the minor people. Yeah. So I guess at that point, then we don't know as the audience because yeah. we're following that group. It's a sort of first person limited it's kind a, of thing, isn't it? It's a sort of thing of like who mm-hmm. has the power to tell the story. And it's a very interesting thing that we pretty much stick with the group the whole way through. Yeah, no, that's and, true. And experience this through their their eyes uh, and those different groups. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about, there is the one, I feel like there's a performance that I want, that I want to talk about that I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and it's the guy that plays Geffen. I think yeah. he did a really, really good job. He did a really good job. Um, Mr. Moriarty himself. He's <laughs> just, the, there's a scene where he goes back to Wales because he doesn't get to go the first time because he's scared. Yeah. He came out to his parents and there's some history there. Yeah. Um, and there's, it's which is really good. And then he comes back and he gets convinced by Imelda Straughton's character to go visit his mum. And so he takes the car and goes and visits mum. And that's a really heartwarming scene. It's a really touching bit, yeah. And it's just like he just, he wells up like no one else in this film. They they again kind of do the, the cut with that as well. Oh, they do a little bit. Ross, but it's the, not as some, bad. It's not as bad. It's nowhere like near some, as bad. Because you don't need to see that conversation. No, of course not. You can you can figure out what's happening. You can happened. figure out like what's going to happen. It's not like... The thing what really annoyed me with the other scene mm. that involved him where there was a bit of tension and then it cut early was the fact that the music cue was so loud. Yeah, it was like something's going to happen. And, and it was like no. something's going to happen. Yeah. But it was so soap opera because it just cut before the, the, the tension was released. <laughs> it was it was the fucking it was the fucking music version of that and i hated it yeah i i literally i think that's what it is i think this is where my deep-seated hate for this cut comes is the eastenders thing i had to listen to that Mm, cliffhanger cut so much when i was growing up that i just don't i don't want it i don't want a cliffhanger cut in my life it was coronation street in my house but same deal just and it's always the same story. Dun, 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 oh no! Dun, dun. That's still EastEnders. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to do no, Coronation Street for it. me. I'm still on it. <laughs> okay. The Coronation Street is just like slow, slow brass, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that actually reminds me of a thing I wanted to bring up about this yeah, film. Yeah. Sure. Go ahead. Um. So Jonathan's character, I think it's the, the second time they visit Wales, Dominic where West. he does his his big old dance. Yeah. Right. I was going to talk about that. I was going to love it. Okay. Good. Um. He does. So he basically. Um, the, the, the miners, uh, and the, and the gay community are kind of like, they're a bit touch and go, like mm-hmm. getting on at the start and they're not really sitting with each other and all this. And, um, 
So yeah, Jonathan just gets up and starts having a good old time with like all the ladies are dancing and they're like, oh, none of the men dance just because they just don't. Uh, that's just how they are. And um, he's like, well, let's show him what, what they're missing then. And he just like gets the uh, DJ to play a song, which it's is like disco. shame, shame, shame. If you don't dance, I can't remember the song, but it's that one, that famous oh, okay. one. Um, and he just starts having a great old time with them. And what I really like about that scene is it's it's a big old dance scene while this disco song is playing, the disco song uh, gets all accompanied by a traditional Welsh br- mining brass band following the, the chord structure of the of the song. And it was just perfect. Like, it was like, audib- audibly, it was just my favourite moment. Yeah. Because it's just such a great idea. They join in, don't they, with it? They join in and play yeah. along and accompany the disco song. And it's just it's just an excellent, like, audio metaphor for what's happening oh, yeah, totally. at that point. And I just loved it. I loved it. That scene is full of metaphors. Oh, God, yeah. Because um, the scene just before it, Jonathan's character has just been told to not be as flamboyant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And to not let go. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And he goes in Can't tell and me he's what just, to do. They, he wins this entire village of people over. By being flamboyant. By being himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just jumps up on the tables and like pulls out all the dance moves. Like thrusting his hips at everyone. Literally. <laughs> it's great. And the lads that are drinking there at the bar, because the Welsh guys don't dance. Yeah. They're like, watch him. They're just like, fuck, how is he doing this? Yeah, he's like getting all the ladies' attention. But like, obviously he's gay, so, yeah, you know, he's just, happening. he doesn't care. And he's like, I need to learn to do that. Yeah, all the lads are like, oh, we should learn My that. favourite Welshman, the big man. He's good, yeah. He's just, he's just really he's good. And he's just, he gets the attention. And he learns to dance because of that dude. Yeah, he's like, teach scene. me, teach me how to dance. And it's like, he's affecting the world everywhere he goes and just spreading his joy. He's such a lovely character. Oh, yeah. It's such a great scene. Mm. I love it. And I love the bit after that, where they come back after a while and they see the party and like the guy's learning to dance. Yeah. yeah. And then they go to the electric ballroom, the gig at the end where they're raising all the money for charity yeah. for the, for the miner for the miners. And, um, those guys come down and they're like, they've got their own little dance routine. They've got routine. their own little dance routine and that they, they pull out. They pro- and they absolutely pull all the birds. They pull, pull the birds. <laughs> like, actually, we're not gay. <laughs> yeah. We're minors. And they're like, oh, God damn. Yeah, that was a weird line. I didn't really get how that worked, but fine, whatever. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with it. We're the stars of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that is what it was. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> This this whole thing, it's about us. It's all for us. All for um, us. But yeah, deal. like oh, I just really enjoyed it. I I really enjoyed that scene. It's a really I good love scene. Dominic West being flamboyant after seeing him be this chiseled alcoholic detective in mm. The Wire. Mm. Um, seeing him just let loose as a flamboyant older gay man. And what what I love about it as I well is it. yeah he is a he is an like an out out and proud gay man. Uh, uh, like older he's not elderly but he's an he's older than the rest of the group he's i think he's like late 30s yeah um he's Early like an 30s. out and proud type like that but his character still has depth he's not just like a comic relief kind of character yeah. he's he is himself he's very flamboyant that's who he is but he also has his own problems and uh you you get a real range of emotions from dominic west's performance and it's really good yeah it's excellent actually yeah um but yeah he's kind of yeah, he's just great. He's just a great character. He's a he's... really great character. And he plays it with such joy that it's mm. infectious. It's That's very believable. Yeah. 
Very believable. Yeah, I've really, really enjoyed that scene. Uh, if you haven't watched the film and you do want to watch it, I don't know why you're listening this far if you haven't seen the film. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? But um, just uh, check out just that clip. It's on YouTube. It's yeah, really you just good. Got, just got, watch him dance, man. Yeah. This guy's got some moves. <laughs> um, the last scene I want to talk about, and yes. might, I don't know if you've got any others, but this is the last one I want to talk about, is um, a scene that is really pivotal but understated in the way that it's done, but the cinematography in the way that it's done is really important to me. It is kind of quite pivotal and shows me direction-wise what they're trying to do with this film. Mm-hmm. And the scene I want to talk about is probably Bromley's pivotal scene yeah, where he's been courted by another uh, man. We assume his first. Yeah, um, that's at the big electric ballroom big gig, isn't it? At the electric ballroom where they're raising the all the money for the mi- for miners, doing the big fundraiser thing. They promise they're going to do something big and they get some bad press. They use that bad press to put on a gig and a fundraiser. So Great they, idea. Uh, they play a gig at the electric ballroom. I don't know how they got the electric ballroom with no notice. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> well done, whoever yeah. organised that. Um, so and they do they do this. They get all these people down to sell out show. And then Bromley's going around taking photos of people. Is he being courted by this guy? This guy's like, you're going to take a photo of me? Yeah. And then it gets to the end of the night and Paddy, uh, Paddy Constantine's character, Di, goes to the crowd and just does his wholesome, lovely man speech. Oh, he's so nice. Of how much he loves everyone, how like the how two communities are together. Yeah. And it's just his really heartwarming speech. But we're not watching him. And we're not watching the crowd. We're watching Bromley take his like take the hand of another man and yeah. go off into the corner and they just share a really intimate moment together. Yeah, yeah. And they just like kiss and it's beautiful because it's all it's all set to the motion of this wholesome dude talking about the comra- camaraderie of these two groups. Mm. And we're watching a beautiful kind of cinema uh like cinematography like shot of them silhouetted with the crowd in the background framed excellently and it's framed excellently and they're just like in brief silhouette with like small highlights from the lights and stuff and they're just being shown kissing and stuff Mm. and it's it's such a beautiful shot and it's such a it's such a beautiful moment because in that moment i feel like the film is visually telling us this is who we are yeah we're not divided we're together and this is like it's like the love is love thing and it's just such a it's it's such a yeah it's a it's it's the sort of thing that i felt like a frame can say so much yeah yeah and that i feel like if anything encapsulates what the film's really about it's that speech over that Mm -hmm. that frame for me yeah and that's what sticks out and it's just really great yeah um it's a really really nice shot actually um so my only my last thing is Speaking of nice shots, there's, nice there's, shots. there's a few shots of the bridge over the River Seven. Oh my God. I love bridges. I don't know why. You uh, love bridges. really appreciate them. I just think they're a fantastic piece of uh, engineering and mathematics and yeah. they're just great. Um, but obviously those shots are fairly important because it's literally a bridge and yeah. that is what this film's all about. Yeah. Like, you know, bringing people together, connecting people yeah. and... Um, it's just really good. It's just a nice, nice little metaphor they keep kind of putting in. And they they also keep making that point with um, Dai's character. When he does his speeches, he keeps referencing this logo that they have, yeah. that the union has. And it's basically just the logo is like two hands shaking. And he's like, you know, that's this is what it means. It means it doesn't oh, matter who you are or where so you're good. from. 
It means if you're helping me and I'm helping you, then we're, we're all the better for it. Oh my God. Kind of thing. And he keeps referencing it. And then at Ooh. the end, you get the last shot of uh, at, at the Pride March of 1985. And they've got their, their miners banner up with that shaking hands bit. And it's yeah. like, it's just lovely. Yeah. It's just really, really nice. So good. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the only other bit I think I wanted to bring up. I have actually. a question really for good. you to yeah. do with Bridges. <laughs> okay. Are you the type of person that when everyone else in kind of, uh, this is mainly a thing that happens in kind of like late uh, 2010s and 2000s rom- rom-coms also, right. and just like action movies as well and whatever. Uh, it's a common thing to send out a second unit to show pictures of like towns and other stuff to show one person going from like A to B. Right. You see this person traveling, you put on some like uh, like a good little upbeat soundtrack and you just watch them drive from one place to another. Yeah. Like when the shot of the bridge comes up onto that, like an American thing would be like if they're driving through, you see the San Francisco bridge, you just like... <laughs> Oh, thank fuck for that bridge. Like, are you are you into that, or is it just like? Cool would you specific- would you mean thank fuck for that bridge? Like, I like I was craving a bridge. Shot. You were craving a bridge shot. I for do that like scene. them. I do really like, like them. I don't know why. Regardless of what context they're in, as long as there's a bridge shot in there, or is it more like pretty shots of bridges? No, that yeah, you no, appreciate? it has to be a well framed shot. So not just someone just sending out the drone. No, doing a no, of no, no, shots, no, 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 like g- no. Like generic, what going one place to another. No, it has okay. to be like. It's a feature. It has to be a feature. Right. And then it's like, this is a really good page. Yeah. <laughs> I can't okay. believe we're talking about this. All right. No, no, no. I'm interested. It's why, it's why The Dark Knight Rises is is my worst horror because, film. Because there's... Because they just blow up all the bridges. All the bridges. It's just very upsetting for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was your favorite moment in Black Panther? Was <laughs> that post-credit scene where T'Challa says the um, uh, smart build bridges and the foolish build walls? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. That's the good. It's a really good bit. That's the one. Um, yeah, guess guess who my favorite actor is? Is it Jeff Bridges? <laughs> it's not anymore. Now he's done those fucking adverts where he's an actual bridge. Oh my god, <laughs> that was terrible. I hated that. Oh god, and I think on that we're just gonna wrap it. Up. Yeah, that's a jumping that's a good, off point. That's a good point to leave it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, all right, <laughs> we're gonna do something now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot, and you're oh gonna wrap god, us up. Yeah. Okay, so if you've enjoyed listening to us and you'd like to hear more, we have other episodes that you can find. Uh, Probably the easiest way is on Apple Podcasts, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Search the Movie Brew podcast. We will come up. Or the Movie Brew with Tarek Kawaja. That will probably come up as well. Um, You can, if you want to get in contact with us or you want to interact with us in any way, we are on Twitter. At the Movie Brew. We're on Facebook. At the movie brew, facebook.com slash the movie brew. That's a nice catchy one. Yeah. We're on Instagram. At the movie brew. Mm. And uh, anything longer that you want to get in contact with, maybe you want to send us an email or hello at, at the, the movie, movie brew. brew. Um, <laughs> so yeah, email us if you have any film suggestions you want to, you, you think it would be worth us watching, you want to hear our opinions us, yeah. on, or if there's a film that you think that we maybe would hate, uh, that could be funny for us to, to talk about anything you want. Um, yeah, get us on that and also visit our website, which is the moviebrew.com. Nice one. Um, if you also find yourself, you're doing all that, sending us gifts of your favorite films that you hmm. want us to review um and um reaching out to us and you find yourself with a little bit of time send us a review on apple Podcasts. please do um and to the to the people that have so far thank you very much yeah uh we've read them and people have said some really really nice things yeah. um so we appreciate that 
Um, but yeah, just send us a review. Give us give us a couple of stars or five, whatever you want. And yeah, probably just, five, right? Um, and just t- put a couple of notes just let people know about it because it helps us out. Yeah. It helps that people listen to this and it's it's just a really it's a really cool thing for you to do as a human being. So you can just say you've got your kudos for the day for yeah. just doing that thing. You get that karma. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to you. Um, nice one. Well, we'll figure out what we're going to do next week. Yeah, I haven't really decided yet. Uh, so send us your suggestions and we'll, um, we'll come back in a week's time and let you know what we're doing for the movie brew. Thanks guys. Nice one. Hold on a second. Let me just check the levels. Chickity, chickity, check. Wow. One, two. Yeah, that looks good, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Cool. Hello. What, what? It's me again, talking on the phone again. (laughs) I want to see you every night. I can't believe I just started that. Like, I'm I'm doing a Beastie Boys tribute album. Chickity, chickity, check. (laughs) Chickity, check. Check it out. It's um, the movie Brew. We talk about yeah. films and things. In Colombia, we don't have extras. We have chickies. And that's what everyone chickies. has as chewing gum. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Well, that's like the brand. Yeah. Chickies. Chickies, man. You got to have a bit of chickies. Got some, is it with an S? It's like, yeah. It's like chi- It's like chick. Like C-H-I-C-K-E-S. Like I-E-S. Chickies. Chickies. Yeah. We're good. Hey, man, you go. But it's like not cheekies. a mint and it's not chewing gum. Uh, anyway, let's move on from this. Well, hold on now. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know more. Do you mean it's not a mint? <laughs> I've set you up now. Oh, God. I've set, I've set it up. We're ready, to, we're ready to start. Okay. All right. <clears throat>